It's the Super 90s Brothers! Oh, there'll be plenty of time for parties when you're older, Maxie. Why, when I was your age, I'd never even been invited to a party. And look at me now. Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory rests on the goofiest decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about a goofy movie. Ow! Oh man, that uh, that song brings back memories. As you know, Adam, you know how much I love me some R&B pop music. So I do know that. Um, so yeah, I really am, really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, that was good. Um, but uh, how how are you doing, buddy? It's it's been a it's it's been a while. It's been a New York minute. It has been. It's June. It's getting you know warmer here in Spokane, and uh, and I hear you're making a trip up to uh, up to see me. Hopefully, I am. Yeah, I'm gonna be there at the end of July. Maybe we can we, we maybe we can do one live podcast. Maybe we could do one live podcast. That'd be fun. But yeah, here we are. We're it's the beginning of summer. You know, we're like three days removed from the summer solstice, and uh, this is like a a really fun like summer movie. Like getting out of school, like getting ready for you know just hanging out at home, playing video games, going outside, playing with your friends. You know, like it brought it's bringing back so many good memories. My kids are out of school now, and they're they're excited about the possibility of adventures in the summer so that's exciting it does it does feel like a very summer movie it really yeah it really is but yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm excited to be doing this uh this movie it's it's one of my one of my favorites so good yeah i like goofy movie too in fact i was i was ranking like my all-time favorite disney movies and like i think it might be number three for me i think it might be my all time my third all-time favorite disney cartoon movie wow that's high praise I know. What's one and two? Uh, for me, it's Sword in the Stone and Alice in Wonderland. Oh, never! I've really never seen Sword in the Stone that much. So yeah, you know, I hear that a lot. I hear people that are like, "Oh, I've never seen that one." I'm like, "Well, is it what? Like, that's my favorite one. I think it's so fun. It's one of those like '70s Disney movies, isn't it? I think so. It might have been late '60s. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I I, I miss that one. You know, it was always hard to get some Disney movies when you were a kid because like they never. They were never really available. You had to either buy them and going and renting them at the at Blockbuster was like that was, you know, there was they're never available there. So, well, they're available sometimes. And that's that's actually my first uh, movie watching story with this movie, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. But but um, for before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone for being kick ass fans. And we tell you that we'd love it if you give us those five star reviews on Apple iTunes music. That'd be really, really badass of you. Um, You can interact with us reach out to the show at super 90s brothers at gmail.com at super 90s brothers brennan is at spocast pods adam all the socials help us out give us a like give us a share give us an email about a topic you want to do or a comment we'd love to hear from you wouldn't we 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, please send us some emails. Uh, we've gotten some emails. Someone emailed us asking us where we were at, um, um, and we're here. We're back and uh, coming with coming at you like every other week. What do you mean where we're at? Like where are we at in the country? I think there was like a you know we we went on a little bit of a break um, or not a break. We just didn't hadn't didn't have a show come out for about a month. And, uh, you know, now we're trying to come out every two weeks. I did have a... Brennan says something like this all the time. I did have a passing in my family, you know, and that kind of delayed things, you know, a week. But yeah, well, I, I hope to keep on churning out the shows every two weeks, so... Well, I'd love to, too. Um, so what we like to do with the Super 90s Brothers, we like to set the scene for you. Tunes of the time. And what I want you to know is that a Goofy movie came out April 7th, 1995. So what I want you all to do is close your eyes, picture yourself back in 1995. ER was the number one show on TV. Michael Jordan was playing baseball inexplicably. And when the radio came on, this song starts playing. <laughs> Night Joe by Rednecks, and that's with an X. <laughs> oh man, yes, with an X. I did not know this song came out in 1995. Like, I feel like I've heard this song your whole life, my whole life. Yeah, like I yeah. guess, like I feel like this song was like, if you ever went to a like high school dance, like this song, this song definitely played once. This was an oddly popular song, given the lyrics, the context of the the singers, the everything about it it was very oddly popular yeah it was just in the ether all uh, all times like it, it was also like it plays at baseball games anywhere where a lot of white people gather like you know like yeah get play the song and like i feel like they played at the spoken indians game like during <laughs> yeah. the something stretch <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> like this was definitely like a fan cam like in in certain like arenas too like it's not it, it's catchy it um you know there's not a lot of uh country western edm songs and uh i really you know really it's a lost genre <laughs> yeah i don't know what to call it it's like the video is like a bunch of hicks dancing at like a country western flavored rave mm. which is interesting it like mixes techno with fiddle and the and the banjo and it had 180 million views on youtube as of yesterday wow. i was just like it's so popular and you mentioned sports games i read this was one of very few country western style songs to ever hit the top 50 in the billboard charts at mm. the time which is very rare back in the 90s it was number one for many weeks in several european countries when it came out like denmark and shit top 10 in australia it was just like it was like even more popular in europe than it was in the united states and this was one of the songs that felt like you heard it all the time now the week of a goofy movie this song was only the number 32 song in the united states but it was number one in our hearts oh, which absolutely. is why i chose to play it and also it was an exceptionally poor week for top billboard 100 the only good song on there was 
Dr. Dre's Keep Them Hedge Ringing, which we kind of did already. Mm. Not a, not entirely, but we kind of played it and anyway, yeah. when we did our Friday podcast. So that's why I went with this one. So uh, I, I just I just found this out. Rednecks, they're a Swedish musical group. They're not even American. Like they're they they're you know, they're just stealing our our culture, Adam. What do you feel about that? <laughs> They're Swedish washing. Like <laughs> our true identity. Well, that makes more sense why it was popular in Europe, I guess. The 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 redhead female singer with the really high voice, like I struggle to understand what she's saying. I imagine that they're taking her voice and, you know, putting it through multiple filters to make it sound like that. There's no way she actually sounds like that when she sings. So Let's hope that's not like her. I'm, you know, I've got to go to work voice that she gives her husband in the morning. I've got to go to work. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun song. And it, I mean, it's still played to this day, you know? I think it's going to be one of those songs we hear like forever. And there might be a remix of it at some point. But like, this is like, this song is now a thing. So yeah, that's, it was oddly 90s. And I thought it would fit well for uh, super 90s bros as we like to do shit like that. But speaking of yokels with big, stupid grins, let's talk about our featured film, a goofy movie. Ow. Yeah, let's do it. Do you remember how old you were when you first saw it? Yeah, so I saw it um, when it first came out on video, which probably would have been in late 1995 or maybe early 96. It was, I gotta, I gotta like open my soul a bit. Like I never liked Goofy. I never liked much shows on the Disney Channel. Um, I mean, Mickey Mouse is fine, but like if you're watching like Disney cartoons, and like Goofy was the star. I always thought those ones were like especially bad. Like the whole big silly Goofy dog thing like never struck a chord with me. Not once ever. And I never watched Goof Troop. And my parent, it was like one of those like your parents take you to the video store on like a Thursday and they say, okay, you can get like, I think it was like get, it was like a special. Like you can get two movies for 99 cents each. But if you only get one, you got to pay full price, right? Yeah. And this was the second movie I grabbed like randomly. Like I wasn't even excited to watch it. Didn't really care about it. Only picked it because it was on the new release shelf and I needed to pick a second movie and we were out of time. Like it was like the most random selection ever. And Mm. I took it home and I watched the other movie and I was like staying up late. And so I decided to watch this movie because I was like a kid alone on like a Thursday night or whatever in the summer. And I just like, I loved it. I like couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit, a goofy movie is actually really funny. Like, and this, the story's good. And we like learned so much more about Goofy and his like his journey through being a single dad. I thought it really opened up the Goofy character, unlike any Goofy related shit I'd ever seen him in. I agree. Like it's a, uh, it's when you watch it, it's kind of a sad movie because it's just like, it's just a dad who wants to hang out with his son and his son's an asshole and doesn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> Like his son isn't an asshole. He's just a teenager. He's a teenager. Like Link's going to treat me like this someday. He's going to be like, I don't want to hang out with you, dad. I want to go dance in front of the school. That sounds like Link. So (laughs) do you remember your initial impression? You know, looking at when this came out. So 1995, I would have been 11 years old. And I think I might have been getting to that age where like Disney movies were not cool. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it was such a random thing that I rented this movie. I was not into Disney at this time. Yeah, but I had two younger brothers that were, you know, five years and seven years younger than me. So, like, this was right in their wheelhouse. But I don't think my parents were taking all three of us to go see this in the movie theater. So, but I was looking it up. But 
this movie came out on VHS in September of 1995. So it came out in April and then came out in September. So that's like a really quick turnaround for a movie to come out on the VHS. And there's this movie suffered multiple setbacks, which is why it probably came out so quick. But yeah, I probably watched this on VHS at home and then really just got into it because I was like, it had music in it that I really liked. Like the songs in this movie are... They're catchy. The main character, Max, is just a... He's a character that I really... Really resonates with me, Adam. Like, he does. I just, you just called him a douchebag or something. Well, you know, and that reson resonates with me, like, how he he wanted to be the cool kid in school and do, be in the talent oh, yeah, show yeah. and, like... Or what, it wasn't a talent show. He just, like, basically took over a, an assembly. And I always had dreams of that of when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we have similar stories. I, like... I couldn't tell you what inspired me to ever watch this, but I watched it when it was a new release. I'm positive. I remember this yeah. so specifically. And I just like loved it instantly. And I was like, that doesn't happen with me either, typically. And it's, I don't know. It, it's just so good. I, I think that I always ask people like, um, like if they've seen this movie, if they like it and they like pretty much to a man, everyone says, yes, I really like a goofy movie. And it was like, it's like one of those Disney movies you kind of forget to mention, mm. like Lion King and other shit gets all like the fanfare, right? But it's like a goofy movie is a Disney movie too. And it's like way funnier than most of those big blockbuster Disney movies. Yeah, and it's really well done. Like the, it's not like it is a, a scaled up version of like a, a TV show that's like, I mean, it is theatrical. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot more stuff going on, on the screen. Like it doesn't feel like it is a made for a, made for the TV, which it wasn't. And so, but I think everyone related Goofy or these characters to like the Goof Troop. I don't know. Some, there's some, there was some, there's some weird disconnect. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's like Goofy is like probably like the number three of like the three main, you know, it's like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck and Goofy. Like no one, no one likes Goofy the most, right? Well, not in the original Disney cartoons. I mean, he was just so to his name. He yeah. was just so goofy. I don't know. I, it's hard to like be like, oh, I just love Goofy. You know, I except for like really old men, you know, like like there's always there's <laughs> exceptions. But I think most people just, you know, they like Mickey or Donald even. So uh, the budget for the movie was 18 million. The box office was 37. So it was a financial success, although not really in the vein of most Disney animated cartoons, which make, you know, hundreds of millions. So it didn't do anything like that. Um, you mentioned it was a uh, like inspired by the TV show Goof Troop, which I have admittedly never seen. I don't think even a single full episode of my entire life. I never watched. I did not watch shows on Disney Channel. I thought they were way too wholesome and lame. Um, so this movie like is a couple years. It's set a couple years after the setting in Goof Troop, right? Like Max is a little bit older in this. I guess I need to go back and watch the Goof Troop if I want to connect the two, like get into the Goof Troop like universe because i i knew that these were connected but i didn't know that they were like directly connected because like the goof troop was i guess it was connected it's just like they're just totally different yeah max and the tv show was a lot younger and uh but like the the pj and the P other dad i mean they're in that show too so but i just like i don't remember it that well all right so now's the time for my favorite part of the show brennan's bad synopsis I'll, I'll try my best. All right. I forget how the movie starts out. It's like, basically, Max is going to school. It's the last day of school. It starts out with, like, a, a song and dance. This movie has a very much of a Broadway feel to it. Like, the songs in it are very... They're not, like... 
I would say Disney songs. But uh, so it starts out with Max going back to school and real quick do you remember the feeling on the last day of school oh man i remember like it is the best feeling is there anything better there's nothing better did you have half days on the last day of school sometimes yeah in fact i'm pretty sure most of them were yeah it was like a day like of not you just went maybe cleared out your you like turned in your books and you like said goodbye and you signed each other's yearbooks there was like it was very informal you always felt like you could do you could push the boundaries a little bit and like i remember the last day of school like instead of going out of the front of the bus we decided to go through the emergency door on the bus <laughs> and like, and the bus driver got really pissed off at us. Definitely remembered it next year when we, uh, when we rode the bus with her again. <laughs> but yeah, those days were like that day, that like week even was like, it was just the best. Yeah. It, it's like, the, it's like, Oh my God, I'm through it. No more pencils, no more books, no more teachers, dirty looks for three months. Yes. You know, I've got like three months to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's exactly how Max was feeling at this moment. He's going to go to school and he's going to he's going to take over the assembly and he's going to perform his favorite song from Powerline, uh, who is, a, I guess, a famous musician, singer, dancer. It's like a Prince inspired Prince. Bobby R&B Brown. Singer. He was also uh, Bobby Brown was supposed to do the, the songs for this movie. And then they didn't want to really so Disney did not want to associate themselves with Bobby Brown. I get that. And so he takes over the assembly. He ends up kind of messing up and falling in. He was like, it's supposed to just be on the screen, but then he like falls on stage and starts dancing and singing along to the, to the song. And um, he's really trying to impress a girl. Like that was the, the big thing. Like he's in love with Roxanne. Thank you. Roxanne. And he really just Roxanne. wants to impress her. And so he gets in trouble because he took over the assembly and through that, like the principal calls goofy and tells him, like, hey, your son is going to go to jail if you don't, like, make him. The principal puts the fear of God into Goofy. Exactly. And in other happenings, like, Max is, like, trying to swoon Roxanne. And he, and, man, I'm really, I'm really messing this. <laughs> really going through every inch of this movie. Um, anyways, he he's trying to impress this girl, Roxanne. And, but then... Goofy decides I'm going to take my son on a trip to really set him straight. Like I'm going to take him fishing in Idaho because that's what me and my dad did. And that's what it's going to make my son become a good kid again. But Max had just invited or just decided he's going to take this Roxanne on a date to and watch the Powerline concert on screen, like on a streaming thing. I At a watch party. At a watch party. Was that happening in the 90s? I don't know. Not maybe. We didn't call it that, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but then Goofy just ruins that plan because they're going on a road trip. Goofy had the balls to make plans for his son during summer vacation, not realizing his son was old enough to be making his own plans. Yes, exactly. That, I mean, what an asshole, Dad. Uh, I would never do that to, to my kids. Yeah, right. But then... He's like tells Roxanne this, but he then makes this humongous lie that he is gonna go see Paraline in concert instead of going to the to the watch party, and then even says, "I'm gonna my dad Goofy knows Paraline, and we're going to dance on stage with him," which I guess is a a good lie to make. It's a terrible lie. Like, <laughs> he felt bad because he had just made plans with his girl, and now he had to break the date, and she thought he was breaking the date. Cause he didn't like her. So he had to make it seem like the plans 
were so amazing that he just had to go. And yeah. that was why he broke the date. It had nothing to do with her. So he just kept, he kept like up in the ante on how amazing this plan was. And that's, and he wanted her to feel like, Oh, that's the only reason he would break the date. But it was a really stupid plan because he's, he's lying about something that he's going to be doing on a show that she's planning to watch. Yeah. He just, he just, Kept on going deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole of lying. He's not a good liar. No, not at all. It's not a skill I guess you want your kids to have, though. That's fair. And so they, Goofy and Max end up going on this road trip. They have this map. It's the original map that Goofy had with his dad that just goes all over America every which way. Like destiny. <laughs> you know, he takes them to some side attractions. Along the way, they also run into PJ and PJ's dad. Always forget his name. Pete. 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 Thank you. PJ stands for Pete Jr. And... Along the way, Max decides he has a map. The map falls out. I'm going to change the course of the map. Instead of goofy names, Max, head navigator and chief witchwayer on this here expedition. Yes. Goofy entrusts Max entirely with uh, being the navigator yes. as, a, as an attempt to bond. Yes, but, at, but before that, he decides to change the map. He had changed the map previous to that and circled Los Angeles instead of the fishing hole in Idaho. They end up coming to a fork in the road and they're like, which way do we go, Max? And like Goofy already knows, like you, you screwed up this map. You, I know you're taking me to LA and not to the fishing hole. And they get to this fork in the road and they're like, right, right or left, right or left. And Max decides we're going to go left to LA. And then they, you know, they fall into a river and shit happens. And then they reconnect and they find out that they love each other and that, Goofy wants to help Max get on stage with Powerline. And then, yeah, they cut to them sneaking in the Powerline concert and then sneaking on stage and performing with Powerline. Roxanne sees Max on stage. And then uh, they get back after this all happens. They get back home and uh, Max tells Roxanne that he actually lied and that he didn't actually know Powerline and that it was all just a, a bit to impress her. And and he didn't have to impress her after all because she, she really liked him for what he was and he got on stage with powerline yeah. he could have just rode with it he'd be like yep that's that's uncle pow why well, i think at that point he would didn't want to be like well can we meet powerline now and like oh no he can't meet powerline like he's... he doesn't like women <laughs> <laughs> anyways <so> that's <laughs> powerline's the... really sexist you don't want to meet him <laughs> that's the plot of the movie i just yeah that's what that's what happened. When you say the plot out loud like that, the movie doesn't sound good. It doesn't like, sound good. What what makes it good is the little moments. The little moment. Yeah, there's like there's a lot that happens in the movie that like like they they get into a tussle with Bigfoot after Goofy decides I'm going to let Max decide what we do on the way to the fishing hole. There's a montage of all the all the fun things they're doing like they're going to New Orleans and they're going to Miami. They're going you know, it's a, this seems like a really long drive. How much does Max disrespect Goofy's intellect where he thinks Goofy's not going to know the difference between going to L.A. and going to a fucking lake in Idaho? Like, <laughs> yeah, that is the kind of thing you could maybe trick somebody into turning the wrong way, but they're going to figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, I think it's really funny. I mean, we keep on referencing a fishing hole, a lake in Idaho, like it, on the map. It's a map of the United States and they're going to Idaho. Like what a lame place to go visit like if you like live anywhere like go go to montana like at least montana is like pretty and not like I'm, there's nothing in idaho who's yeah, vacation they drove, in like, idaho a week to go to a fishing hole lake like there wasn't one closer than a week's drive away <laughs> this is where he went with his dad and he he learned all the the great lessons of his life 
Well, um, thanks for the synopsis, Brennan. That was pretty good. Let's get into the characters a little bit. I mean, the character names are funny. It like feels weird saying this, but like, let's talk about Goofy Goof. <laughs> <laughs> but that's his name, voiced by Bill Farmer, who's a longtime Disney voice actor who has like a million animated credits to his name, including pretty much all the Goofy stuff since the 90s. So Goofy, Brennan said it, he wants to plan the ultimate father-son road trip to build more of a connection with Max to keep Max from becoming a dreaded bad kid, which the principal warns him. The principal says something like, if you don't if you don't change the path that he's on now, he's going to end up in jail. Mm-hmm. And so Goofy kind of overreacts. But to be fair, he was triggered by the principal who was manipulating Goofy. Yeah. Oh, and he was also being manipulated by Pete. Like, so Goofy and Pete worked together at like... Like a child's photography, like 24-hour photo inside a Kmart. Yeah. And Pete's like, you got to keep your kid under your thumb and like, you know, look at my kid. He's the best. And his kid's really not the best. And, you know, and he's being kind of pulled multiple directions to make sure his son is like going to be a good kid, which he already is, obviously. So. Yeah, PJ sucks as a kid. All right. So the next character, Max Goof, is played by Jason Marsden. Uh, Marsden was the voice of Binks in Hocus, po- Hocus Pocus. And he was also the voice of Haku in Spirited Away. Brennan, have you seen Spirited Away? You know, it's one of those I haven't ever seen. I know I need to see it. Spirited Away is best drawn animated movie I've ever seen. Mm. It just looks awesome and has a great story. Like, but it, the way that it looks, it, it's it's like it's um bewitching. It's just so good. So definitely recommend Spirited Away to anyone that hasn't seen it. It's These are like Japanese animated movies that got kind of Americanized. Disney bought the rights to a lot of them and reanimated them or something like that. Uh, not reanimated, revoiced them with yeah. American actors. It's Studio Ghibli, right? Yeah, Studio Ghibli, yeah. Yep. And those are all streaming on HBO Max, mm-hmm. um, by the way. So you should be able to watch this. You know, I don't know that I would watch it with your kids, actually. They might be a little young. It's got pretty adult themes. Yeah, the, those Studio Ghibli movies. I've I've seen a couple of them. Like I've seen like Howl's Moving Castle. Um, I've seen like Castle in the Sky. But yeah, they. I want to show them to the kids, but they don't. They, yeah, you got to be a couple years older, I think. Yeah, and I think they might be a little young. So, so Max is just kind of a like a typical moody teenager. He feels like he's a loser, and he's embarrassed by his dad, and he's worried that he looks like his dad. He's worried that he acts like his dad, which are big turnoffs when you're like. A freshman in high school and trying to be cool so he he kind of rebels the whole movie and he's kind of a dick to his dad the whole movie and goofy's obviously just trying to be nice the whole time and max is always just like just leave me alone you know he's very like angsty yeah it seems weird that he's like feels like a loser and and but then he like comes up with this plan to like take over the assembly like he has a little bit of a, a wild side to him if he's gonna if he's gonna do that Well, that's the whole thing, Brennan. He's not actually a loser. He's just been labeled as such. And he has to show everyone how unlosery he is. Yeah, we did miss that. Like at the beginning of the movie, Max has this nightmare of basically he's laying in a field with Roxanne. You know, they're having this amazing moment. And then all of a sudden he he turns into his father like his. His teeth get bigger, his ears get bigger, and it's just, like a horror movie. Yeah, and it, and it's sort of like a werewolf transition, but he's just transitioning to Goofy, right? And and I think the first time he like tries to talk to Roxanne, he kind of laughs, but he does that like yuck, yeah, that like he then runs away from Roxanne because he's so embarrassed. Yeah, really smooth. Yeah, 
but turns out that Roxanne loves that laugh after all. She cares about what's inside, Brennan. Exactly. So Jason Marsden was also a very busy voice actor. Um, he was in the Gummy Bears show, Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. He was on Erie, Indiana, Full House, Step by Step, and some other shit. Um, he definitely did a lot of family comedy and was very busy in the 90s and 2000s. A really, really like long list of credits for this for this guy. And we, we do have a drop for Max, uh, which is, it's brief, but it sums up Max and Goofy pretty well. You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. Wait, I saved the best for last. <laughs> like, nobody wants to be like their parents, especially at that age. Well, at, that, at that age, yeah. And, well, I mean, his dad was particularly, like, embarrassing. I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean... I, that's what they're I mean he's goofy like he's supposed to be embarrassing i don't know if i was embarrassed by my parents oh i was when i was that age like my dad was my coach and you know everything and and i loved it when my dad would like present at school or like come see me it was always it was nice to nice to see him when i was at school well, that's good that you had those feelings i never did especially with like especially with my dad i like never wanted them around but like i always thought they made me look i don't know uncool yeah i understand so the rest of the cast, kind of forgettable. Uh, PJ and his dad, Pete, from Goof Troop, we mentioned. They're sort of just companions along for the ride. Like, they they also are out on, like, a camping trip. So they, you know, uh, conveniently bump into each other a couple of times. And Pete gives Goofy bad advice. Max explains his motives to PJ for the plot exposition. And then the, the other characters are Kelly Martin from Step by Step plays Roxanne. Uh, or not Step by Step. Oh, what was that show with Corky? Life Goes On. Life Goes On, yeah. Yeah. So Kelly Martin from Life Goes On plays Roxanne. And then Pauly Shore is in this randomly. And we have a clip of that too. Uh -huh. Max, look. It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Huh. He's doing his typical Pauly Shore shtick. This was like peak Pauly Shore, though, like 1995. Fuck yeah, you better believe it. Like 93 to 95. This is, yeah, this is might have been, he might, like the peak just might have went down the hill. I um found out that Pauly Shore was unaccredited in this movie because, but he wanted to go uncredited because they did not, he did not want Disney to like use him in marketing to like try to sell this film. Interesting. That's probably because he wasn't getting paid from the residuals of it. Um, and he has a really small part anyways, but I, I could see them. I think this is the right way to use Polly Shore, even at the time. It's just give him like a very small comic relief role. I, I want to go back to Roxanne. Roxanne! <laughs> were you... Were you... Somewhat attracted to Roxanne. Oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> she's, she's a very, very she's sexualized... an attractive dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as dogs go, woof woof. <laughs> oh man! I mean, cartoons do that. They like they yeah, sexualize I mean, like the Lola Bunny. Like yeah, I mean, it just Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, it, it's what they do. What the the cartoonists do, like because you know all the little all the boys that are watching this movie, they Rogue and X Men. <laughs> she was hot. <laughs> So, uh, Brennan said in the beginning, this movie has great music. And I don't know who was in charge of writing the songs or producing the songs, but they hit it out of the park, don't you think? I, I do, yeah. Like, you know, the opening song, or not the opening song, but the... The titular? Like, the songs, of the poppy songs were really, they were really well done, in my opinion. But yeah. then But then they had the other, 
the songs like this song this movie's a, a musical it, it is but it isn't i mean there's only like four or five songs it's not like That's musicals true. will have like 10 to 12 i mean in the sense of it, more like a disney movie how it has like five to seven songs yeah and i so. i really like i appreciate that balance a lot better in disney than i do with like traditional musicals i get really sick of singing in like a full music like i've never i can't make it through the von trap movie what is that the sound of music i've never made it through that movie i get so fucking bored wasn't that movie also like two and a half hours long though? It's it, if if there's more than like a half hour of singing, it's like you're a half hour too long to me. Like right, yeah. I don't know how long it is. I keep turning it off like in the first half hour. Do we want to go into our our first song? Yeah, I mean that this is like not the opening song, but as soon as like they set out for their road trip, this song plays and it kind of kicks off the fun part of the movie. break from modern living do you long to shed your weary load if your nerves are raw and your brain is right just grab a friend and take a ride together on the open road come on maxie all in all i'd rather have detention all in all i'd rather read a toad an old man drives like such a crutch that I'm about to hurl my guts directly upon the open road. The open road. It's a fun song because they're driving. So the song starts out with like, the, there's like sounds coming from like cars and like it starts like a basically a track of like. It drops a sick. Yeah. And during the drive, like other like car drivers join in and start singing. And like, there's even like a cameo with um, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck that are like broken on the side of the road. Yeah, and... I remember there's like a little tiny man and his giant fat wife in like yeah. a little car and they sing. And then there's like a, there's a hearse and like <laughs> yes, the zombie just... horse corpse like stands up and starts singing it in the song. It is good. It's, it's very colorful. Oh, there's that too. And then there's another car that's like, uh, trunk opens up and it's a guy that's like tied up with like a, oh, right. a cinder block on his He's on being his drug feet. away to be raped and sodomized <laughs> but he like starts to he like gets his trunk open for a minute so he can join in the song it's a fun song and it sets the scene for or how much max is going to hate this trip and and how much he doesn't want to go on it do you do you like long road trips um it depends i guess like it's i haven't done them in a while like we did one where we decided to fly to like Reno and then drive from Reno through California and up through Oregon and back home. That was nice because you didn't have to do the driving there. Mm -hmm. It was like, we got there and then we drove and then we drove home. That's a fun way to do it. I That's interesting. Like we did go to like Glacier last summer and that's like only a, a six hour trip, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know. Sitting in a car for longer than like six hours is, is tough. I've never particularly enjoyed long car rides, although driving from Spokane to Seattle to go watch Seahawk games with you and others was always fun. Yeah, those because we were, were like on our way to an event. So we were like kind of jacked, you know, mm -hmm, for sure. But this next song is actually the song that the the show, the movie opens with. And it sets the scene for the excitement for being out of school. <laughs> They've been laughing since I can remember, but they're not gonna laugh anymore. No more Maxie the Geek, no more Goof of the Week like before. No more algebra tests till September. No more looking at losers like him. No more having to cheat. No more mystery meat. 
No more gym. No more gym. No more gym. No more gym. Gonna move to the mall. Gonna live in the pool. <laughs> Gonna talk to Roxanne and not feel like a fool. Cause after today, I'm gone. After today, she'll be mine. After today, my brains will be snoozing. If I don't think the songs are so good, I feel like. The show would be better if we just played the song. I know we can't because copyright and all that. Yeah, after today, that was a it set the scene, and uh, that's what makes it felt feel like a Broadway movie to me because of that song that has like a lot of chorus in it. And when I mean chorus, I mean like it has people that aren't really part of the movie like singing. The one thing I want to say like is when they're saying no more gym, like, and they're like flicking their they're throwing their fucking jock straps on people. <laughs> It's like, disgusting. What, like, what the fuck? Like, you don't like gym, so you're going to, like, throw your jock straps on people? Like, Also, it's... who wore jock straps in middle school gym? <laughs> Did we... Is he in middle school? Is that... Have we established that? Or is he in high school? Or is he, like, a freshman? Uh, you know, I don't know. He's okay. either an eighth grader or he's a freshman. Okay, yeah. I think he might be a freshman. Oh, yeah, he must be because there's like the older kids that can drive. Why don't, you, why don't you set up your favorite thing, though? So it's not just my favorite song. It's my favorite part of the movie. And it's like a little bit after they start the road trip, Goofy wants to take some uh, side trips. What are they called? Like uh, uh, excursions, trying to make pit stops along the way. Um, yeah. And <laughs> he, so he decides to take Max to Lester's Possum Park which is like this really bad like Chuck E. Cheese sort of knockoff place with like these bad broken down creepy mechanical possums who play the banjo and sing and like one of the possums like isn't isn't working it's all defective and it's shooting sparks everywhere and it looks really dangerous and all the people are running where wearing dead possum hats and what's better than that is like how excited and how much everyone seems to love the possum park except for max like that is like this quintessential you're a kid and your parents are taking you somewhere stupid and it makes it worse that everyone thinks it's cool except you and so yeah. we we have a couple of drops i want to play the lead in first Gorge. it's even better than i remembered yeah fun tell you what I'm just going to wait right here in the car. <laughs> you party pooper. Come on. This is going to be fun. Oh, howdy there, folks. So I like that clip because it's got the screaming child in it who's like being like forced drug into it. She's like, ah, 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 ah. And Goofy's like, it's going to be fun. It's, <laughs> it reminds me of like going to Disneyland or anywhere like that where there's like these screaming kids. You're like, oh my God. But how is this fun? Actually, I found out that the the possum park is actually based off of co county bears. Oh, the um, yeah, yeah, the country bears or the country bears, and that's actually like a, a Disney like IP. And but yeah, it was it was fun funny that they were making fun of their own thing. And so, but yeah, it's totally a a rip off of that. But yeah, that's, that's good. And then they they get in, and all the mechanical possums actually start playing like a song on their like fake banjos and shit. So we have a drop of that too.
Lester's Possum Park. And they're saying uh, like pa pa pa. It's because like the equipment's all like breaking down, and the janitor like hits it with a stick or something to get it back right. I feel like that place exists like in Silverwood. Oh, it so it exists <laughs> everywhere throughout the country. Yeah. That's why that scene uh, is so funny. Like it's, I just think that's the best scene. So that's definitely my favorite scene or moment. Did you did you have a couple you want to talk about? My favorite scene is the the final scene in the the movie well not the final scene but it's like the last song of the movie where they like break out onto the stage and and they dance with Powerline. like it's such a good song and i didn't get a clip from it but i'm gonna i'm gonna play a little bit of it right here So that was eye to eye. I, I don't know. I love that scene. I we never haven't talked about this, but in the movie, Goofy teaches Max how to do this like fishing. Oh, the ultimate cast. The, the ultimate cast, yeah. And it's this way, like it's this way to this, this cast of rope. I mean, no, the rope, fishing, the line. fishing, fishing line, and it. And it looks like a dance move, essentially. And when they go to this, like Goofy ends up on stage, and Max yells at him, "Do the ultimate cast!" And so Goofy does the ultimate cast, and it becomes like a dance move. And like Powerline starts doing it with him. Max gets on stage, they start doing it, and then like it's that that father son bonding moment where they're like all dancing on stage. And this is gonna sound like the dorkiest thing in the world, but when I hear that song, I like. I get a little bit of chills, like a little bit, like it's just, it was one of those scenes when I was a kid where I was just like, man, this is so much fun. I watched this movie uh, the other day and same feelings happened when I was watching this scene. I tried to get Lincoln Ivy to watch it and they had no interest in it. They did not like this movie. They don't like this movie. Um, and I even like turned on this song in the morning today to like play it. And they're like, dad, can you play something different? Like play BTS. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fun. This is a good song. Don't you like this? And they're like, no, play something else. And I'm like, man, my kids are becoming like Max. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> happens to every dad. I think it's really sweet that you try to get them into it, and that you're having little chills watching the movie. That's really mm -hmm. sweet. Um, it's. A, I would have never guessed that was like your scene, though, that like you got all misty-eyed when like <laughs> Max and Goofy were doing the ultimate cast on stage with Powerline. Yeah. It is cleverly written into the plot, though, that like they're at mm -hmm. conflict over going to the lake and Goofy's this big dorky dude that does this dumb cast. You know, you see these old guys like practicing their golf swing like randomly out in the middle of nowhere. Like that's kind of what it's like. Goofy's like practicing his like cast sort of randomly. It's just like so dorky. And like mm. Max wields it into an effective dance move like in the spur of the moment. It's I don't know, it's a really good setup. It's a really yeah, good writing. It really is. So 
we talked about Max taking over the assembly too. Are there any other scenes that you want to bring up before we move on? Yeah, there's a there's a fun scene with Bigfoot. Like they catch Bigfoot by doing the perfect cast, and then and then like they're he kind of like takes over their like Bigfoot takes over their camp and like but they they're kind of like bothered by Bigfoot for a scene and a half. Like the like Walkman for... ends up on Bigfoot's head and Bigfoot starts like disco dancing to staying alive. And it's a it's a good scene. Like and. The one thing I'll say is like this movie's really separated well into its parts because they don't there's not a lot of plot development. Like there's a couple of scenes where like they are they run into Pete and PJ on their trip randomly and that helps like push the plot along a little bit, but like everything else is just like just for the fun of it. Yeah, it's like a road trip movie like Dumb and Dumber or something where it's like the characters only facilitate laughter and fun. Right. Which is fine. Especially for an animated movie like this. So, all right, let's get into the this and that. The screenplay and the story were written by a guy named, I think its name is Jim Magon or Megan. It's Jim is spelled J-Y-M-N, so it could be something else. Um, he had written, he was a writer on the DuckTales show, which is really popular and a pretty good Disney show in the late 80s. He was a writer for Goof Troop um, and a storyboard animator and all that. He worked on the Gummy Bears show, Chippendales, Rescue Rangers. Um, the other screenwriters in the movie I thought had interesting credits. Uh, the first was this guy named Brian Pimentel, who, who was the writer for Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. But the other guy, Chris Matheson, he wrote all the Bill and Ted movies and he wrote Mom and Dad Save the World. Like he wrote the original two Bill and Ted's and he wrote the most recent, like the Face the Music, which I thought was just a really odd. Yeah, it's like, and it's all he's ever done. He's wrote, he's written Bill and Ted's franchise, Mom and Dad Save the World. And like the goofy movies, and like that's it. I thought it was an odd connection. I I really like Bill and Ted the original, and I really like Mom and Dad Save the World. I think it's like really underrated, funny, especially because of John Lovitz. I think John Lovitz is really funny in that movie. But um, so a good screenwriting troupe, directed by Kevin Lima, who was the director of Enchanted, Tarzan, and 102 Dalmatians. He was also a writer on Aladdin, I think, and some other shit. Um, this is I read that this was one of only two Disney films to be produced in widescreen. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You'd think any animated huh. movie could be widescreen, but I guess not. Um, did you ever watch Goof Troop? I mean, yeah, I watched I did watch it. I mean, I had Disney Channel and it was it was definitely it was one of the two channels. I probably watched that in Nickelodeon when I was a kid, especially because like DuckTales was on Disney Channel, uh, Tailspin. Tailspin, yeah. I remember this like being on with Tailspin. And I love Tailspin. But yeah, I, I definitely watched Goof Troop and like Darkwing Duck. And, I think that um, was, um, I don't think that was Disney. No, that wasn't Disney. You're right. That was, well, it was Disney owned. It was owned by Disney, but it's it was on cable. Yeah, I think it was like a Saturday morning cartoon with like gargoyles on like. Gargoyles, yeah, which is also owned by Disney, yeah. Well, did you like the TV show? Yeah, I did like the TV show. It was funny. So I never watched it. I didn't watch Disney Channel this time, but um, I did play the Super Nintendo game Goof Troop, which is an oddly awesome game. And if you if you like look up best like co-op multiplayer games of all time, it's on it's like on every one of those lists. Like it is a co-op multiplayer game for Super Nintendo where you're goofy and the other guy's Max and you both have like these weird these weird I don't even know what they are. They're sort of like boomerangs that they shoot. You have like a gun that shoots objects. It doesn't sh it doesn't shoot bullets all the time it more like grabs objects more like a grappling hook kind of and it's a puzzle it's a puzzle game and it's a room by room game 
So like every new room, like you have to solve the puzzle in it to move on with these weird little guns that you have and you have to work Hmm. together. And the game is ahead of its time. It's actually a really awesome game. If you can ever like get some time to sit down and play it with somebody, you have to play it two player, but well, you don't have to, but it's only, it's best two player. Yeah, I I definitely had to have rented that game, right? Maybe like, it was, it didn't get a lot of fanfare. It's like one of those games that only like extreme gamers knew about because it like wasn't overproduced and it didn't get a lot of like Nintendo Gamer Magazine like hits. Like it was like no, this game got popular from word of mouth. Like people played it like, whoa, you wouldn't believe it, but the Goof Troop game is fucking awesome, and they're right, it is. It's like one of the, it's top five best multiplayer games on the Super Nintendo. Wow, interesting. So if you Let's fast. So how old is Lincoln Ivy now? Six or seven? Uh, Six. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward about seven years and let's pretend that Link is 12 or 13 and he's moody and he thinks you're a big dork and he's distancing himself from you. And somebody calls you and tells you Link could be a bad kid if you don't get this ship right right now. And your wife tells you, fine, you've got the next week off. Take Link on a vacation. (laughs) <laughs> the two of you are bonding. Where do you go? It's really funny that you ask because this just this morning, Link was telling me, Dad, I want to go on a trip to L.A. with you. But if in 10 years I had to do this, I'd be like, remember that time, Link, when you were six years old and you said you wanted to go to L.A.? I'm going to take you on a road trip to L.A. That is a horrible answer. Horrible. <laughs> like, maybe fly to L.A. Answer? You don't want to drive around L.A. is the worst place to drive in. The- you know what? I've been to L.A. multiple times in, over the last, like, year, and I never had that bad of a time driving in L.A. All right. Well, thank your lucky stars, because it's, I, it's just I, I guess I should. I'm just driving at the right time, I guess. So you drive him to L.A.? I was hoping you'd pick a place that you, like, you have, you're goofy, and you're picking something that's important to you. You're not giving him what he wants. You're picking uh, your like, lake destiny. Yeah, I probably take him to Glacier. Like that was where I went as a kid all the time. Okay. You know, if you're getting out of the uh, the city, you're going to to a, a remote place, and you're trying to go on hikes or because I don't fish or anything like that. Like I would probably take him to Glacier because it's so beautiful there, and it's and it would be a place that a kid wouldn't want to go. Right. Like they have like they have some side attractions on the way, but they're like really lame side attractions. Right. Going to like the the hundred thousand dollar bar. Yeah, the biggest um, ball of twine. Yeah, there's definitely like things like that that I could take him to. Okay, good. But I don't know. But I'm a cool dad, so I'd probably sure. try to take him some. You know. Yeah. Maybe I take take him to Seattle and take him to a couple of Mariners games and really make him depressed. Yeah, really. At least that'll be a cheap <laughs> trip. All right. So, uh, play the drop. Doom shit. What's dumb about this movie? What don't you like about this movie? What I don't like about this movie is. One main thing when I was watching the other day is they get into this tussle with like Bigfoot and then all of a sudden they're just driving home. They're just driving away the next day. Like there, there was no like... There's no Bigfoot resolution? Bigfoot had the keys. So how did they get the keys back from him? That's what I want to know. The other resolution I had was like when Goofy has decided I'm going to take Max to sneak into the Powerline concert, it transitions from them like on the river, like floating down the river in their car to now just sneaking into the Powerline concert. There's no, we don't find out how they sneaked in. They don't, we don't find how they got out of the river. We just like, they're just there. You know like, what, this, it's this line of thinking that leads to two and a half hour long movies. <laughs> right, right, and yeah. this movie is 78 minutes long and God bless it. God bless <laughs> you for being a 78 minute long 
goof troop movie, which is all a fucking goof troop movie should be, because that's all the attention and tolerance that most people are going to have for a goof troop movie. 78 mm. minutes is brilliant, and it's because they didn't have to explain. It's a fucking cartoon, Brendan. They don't have to explain how they got out of the river, <laughs> how they got to the Powerline concert. I, I guarantee you they could have gave us six extra minutes of this movie and uh, explained that. So Well, I'm glad they didn't, so I, I disagree with that. Do you have any real criticism? <laughs> I really don't have any criticism of this movie at all. Like it. I don't either. I think it's a great movie. Like I really do. I it was um it's sixty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is a little low, but it's yeah. only twenty eight votes. And this doesn't seem like a movie that like staunchy right. critics would appreciate. It's definitely like a, mm-hmm. a a viewers movie. And you know, I've I've recommended this movie a lot over the years to kids and to whoever. I'd say no, it's funny. Like watch fucking goof a goofy movie. It's good. The sequel. Extremely goofy movie is good too, though I don't find it particularly rewatchable. I watched it one time, thought it was good. I probably I don't know that I'd watch it again. Have you seen that? I've never seen that, and I I I'm surprised that I haven't. Maybe I'll turn it on. It's like uh, Max goes to college, and then like Goofy enrolls in college too. So they're like going to college together, and there's something about like competitive rollerblading. I that's I don't remember much else other than that. Like Brink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so there's this meme that's going around about a scene where Max and PJ are eating pizza. And the meme is something like this pizza in a goofy movie had no business looking this good. It's one of those like animated moments that makes the food look incredibly delectable. Yeah, you're right. And I bring that up because my wife had said that to me in the past before the meme. She'd always said that pizza looks so good. Jill always comments on stuff like that. She has this weird like association with cartoons. It's very strange to mm. me where she like prefers how things look in cartoon world because because the, they're 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 perfection, right? Like cartoons don't have any imperfection. Yeah, I I agree. I'm looking at this meme right now. Like the the pizza is like it looks so like cheesy and delicious. Yeah, it just looks great. I don't. It's it's very strange how they make a cartoon pizza look so appetizing. But they did. So I found one one fun anecdote on this movie, and that was the film's planned release was Thanksgiving 1994, but it was delayed because the monitor they used to capture the film's animation had a single dead pixel. And so when they watched the final cut, they noticed there was one pixel out and they had to recapture like three quarters of the movie again, which is incredibly tedious. That is, yeah. that is just absolutely the kind of thing that like, how did that, how did that happen for so much of it? Like, that's the kind of thing that happens, but like, you'd think they would have caught it like at the end of the week that they were working on that segment. They're like, hey, why is this pixel out? Yeah, don't they have dailies? Well, it wouldn't be on the dailies. This is like, this is in post, but you'd think somebody would have seen it in post. You'd think there'd be dailies or weekly reviews in post is what I'm getting at. And I don't don't know how it got missed or what, or, but anyway, that's that's a really (laughs) costly and, tedious and anti-morale mistake like that fucks up everyone's morale so much you're like are you kidding me over one pixel yeah this movie would be a lot different if it had released because it was originally planned to be released on thanksgiving 1994 like i mean i have to believe like i mean that's a much bigger weekend to open a movie than in april of 1995 yeah i I bet that did account for a lot of the lower revenues but anyway i thought that was as a filmmaker, that's one of those stories that you like, oh, you so relate to. Don't got to deal with that anymore with uh, 
you know, digital. But did you have anything else you want to say about the about a goofy movie, Brennan? No, I mean, all I can say is it's available on Disney Plus. Go watch it with your kids if you have kids. Go watch it by yourself if you don't, and enjoy the nostalgia of watching Goofy movie. It's a it it holds up really well. Holds up as a Disney movie. As speaking of things that holds up. The Super 90s Bros holds up, and we would love your support by giving us those badass five-star reviews on Apple iTunes Music. Reach out to us. Email the show, super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out, at super90sbrothers, at spocastpods with a K, adampitzler.com. We're here. We're like spiders waiting for you to jump in our web. We're going to, like, smother you in more webbing and then suck your blood via email. Yes. So, for Burn and Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. <laughs> This has been another possum party of an episode on Super 90s Bros, goofy movie style. And remember, if you ever want to impress your high school crush, just lie, lie, lie until your dad makes all your lies come true. Peace.